0: On today's AI Breakdown, I'm speaking with Div Garg. Div is the founder of Multion, a new AI agent that uses the browser to execute complex tasks. The AI Breakdown is a daily podcast and video about the most important news and discussions in AI. Like, subscribe, and share, and go to breakdown.network for more information. Welcome back to the AI Breakdown. Right now, as I mentioned, I am traveling in Europe. And so as something a little bit special and different, I wanted to bring you a set of interesting interviews for that time when I'm going to be away. Today, my guest is Div Garg. Div has worked on AI at numerous companies, including NVIDIA, Apple, Google, and Uber. He's an adjunct faculty member at Stanford. And he's now building Multion, which they're billing as the world's first AI personal agent. Now, if you've been listening to this show for the last couple months you know that there has been immense interest in AI assistants and AI personal agents. As people have gotten a little bit perhaps disillusioned with things like AutoGPT, I've seen a number of people who have early access to Multion and feel like it was what they were looking for out of that project. Div and I talk a little bit about his background, about Multion's current capacities and how people are using it, and what he thinks the future of AI personal agents really is. All right, Div, welcome to the AI Breakdown. How are you doing, sir? Uh, great, yeah, thanks for ha- having me here. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. As, as I was just saying to you uh, off air, I think you are building in one of the areas that people are most excited about, so I think it's going to be a great conversation. But before we get into Multion and, and what you're doing now, what's your background? How long have you been in AI? What's the perspective that that you're bringing to this?
1: I've been doing AI for the last uh, almost six years. And uh, I think I would say I almost started around like uh, my freshman year. Uh, so, I actually, did a lot of physics in high school. Did like a international physics computer. And when I joined undergrad, I was like, hmm, what is the right uh, thing to do in like in life? Like, should I do physics? Should I do something else? And it seemed like uh, like physics was saturated, and like you needed like a, sort of like a different thing to make the jump to solve a lot of these like problems. And it seemed like AI was the right thing to like uh, do. Like I had the feeling that it'll be AI that will solve physics, not uh, just humans. So like a combination of both. Sort of made the choice of like sort of like focusing on AI um, like since very early on when I started college. And I've been working on like a lot of systems. My first internship was actually working on an autonomous driving car uh back at Uber, uh, where I did a lot of like benchmarking for them, like trained their like 3D computer vision models for driving cars on the roads and detecting all the vehicles and like other pedestrians cycles on the road and uh, making that really safe for the system. And afterwards did a lot of research around how do you make autonomous driving like cheaper safer. So we did like uh, this research at Cornell where we got an autonomous driving car to just work with two cameras instead of a very expensive ladder sensor. And that, that time like lidar used to be like $70,000 more expensive than the car itself. And we showed that you can do this a very similar thing just using like $100 cameras. And we got a lot of like media coverage on that, got a folks coverage, but a bunch of other media publications. And just got me really excited about the potential of AI and how can you apply to the real world. So that has been my focus for the like the last couple of years. Uh, worked in like a bunch of like big companies. obviously like a lot of like top uh, secret AI projects. So I was like almost like the go-to guys. Like oh, like we have this like uh, like I had an interview at Google. They were like oh, there's this is, like the thing on computer vision you are working on. We can't disclose you, but we like your details. We like your resume. Do you want the job? Yes or no? I was like okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Had a similar experience in like Apple. So I worked on a lot of this like sort of like uh, AI like uh, like very like uh, security stuff in uh, big companies. And uh, there was a lot of fun. This was also the time like where AI was like research, but like doesn't actually work as a product. So people tried a lot of things. I actually worked on like some AI devices, like sort of, like AR kind of stuff in like Google back in the day. Uh, did like a lot of interesting reinforcement learning stuff uh, in Apple. Did some diffusion model stuff in NVIDIA. So that was fun. But there was no actual like real life applications. And uh, after that, I joined Stanford, where I was focusing a lot on like uh, physical agents, like robots. How can you make them more controllable? And like, uh, how can you have more powerful algorithms that can learn from human data? So I would say like a lot of robotics how it currently works is you just have pre-programmed loops. You just like program like the script and it just like goes and ex- execute that. A lot of my research thesis during my PhD at Stanford was like. How can you learn from human data? Can you like observe videos of humans? Can you like sort of like see what humans are doing, and like teach a robot or an agent to like sort of like do similar things? So I created this algorithm around like learning from human videos. We actually won like the number one prize in the Minecraft uh, AI challenge uh, two years ago for like the NeurIPS conference in back in 2021. So we had this like uh, agent that can like watch like 50 videos of human players building houses in Minecraft, and like use that to, like sort of like go itself and then build a house. And so that was really fascinating. Also did like, like a couple of projects on like, how can you uh, steer a robot using natural language? So we actually did like the first project around like, how can you combine actions together with language to sort of like teach a robot to like, uh, control it using human voice. So you can tell a robot like, okay, like go open this drawer or like uh, pick up a mug and can go and do that. So we did a lot of like explorations around this like physical agents. And then like um, uh, was actually working at a robotic startup for a while leading their AI efforts, building a lot of their like AI algorithms and simulations. And afterwards, like it just seemed like the right time. Like sort of like uh, after ChatGPT came out, I was like okay, like, like LLM as a technology is getting really good, and it seems to, like uh, we are reaching this phase where we can start communicating with AI uh, agents. Because like before, it was like sort of like you have a, everything is a number, it's like a tensor, you don't really know what's happening. But now it's like okay, like we are getting past this like uh, communication gap where like I as a human, I can tell it something and it can go and like understand that and communicate back to me what it's doing. And that just seemed like, okay, like that was something that was missing. And like, we are finally getting there can this can become actually usable and everyone can go and like steer this like sort of like agents. And so, yeah, so like the chat GPT has been like a, like a fascinating, like as a technology revolution, I think everything was there, but just like it made like LLMs more mainstream, especially with GPT-4 now you have such good reasoning capabilities. Yeah, so I've been very interested in like, uh, like computer interaction agents recently, which is like sort of like multi-on how can you actually, Take a, like language command, which could be a voice or text, and actually translate that to real life actions by controlling a human browser. And this is similar to like a, how a human like controls a website. So like, if a human can go and like sort of like uh, click, type, and do everything, my thesis here is like we can train an AI that can also do this very effectively at the same rate as a human. And so a lot of like the current approaches you will see is, like around like plugins and APIs, which is like it's good, but the problem there is like they're very restrictive. It's hard to like build APIs for everything. And it's almost like using a backdoor where like uh, someone has to give you entry and expose it so you can like go and like use that. But like using like the browser is sort of like a front door. Like it's like every human is already doing it. And uh, so if you can teach an AI to like just use the front door properly, we can like, interact with anything on the web, potentially also like anything on the desktop. And so this seems like a very horizontal and powerful way where we can like, reach a uh, very powerful virtual agents.
0: It's super interesting. It sounds like one common thread, you know, for first when you were a student and then when you started to be, you know, in industry and building companies is a real interest in these tools moving from theoretical to actually usable, right? Going and doing things. And to the extent that that's, that's true, I think it's interesting that you found your way into this AI agent space given, you know, we were talking about this as well, but you know, there has been such excitement around AI agents, you know, AutoGPT ripped onto people's view at the beginning of April and had this real sort of, you know, deflation, I think a couple of weeks later partially because, you know, it was people who are non-technical using very fast non-technical implementations of it. But, you know, if I had to sum it up, it was basically what people were excited about was the idea that one, an AI could figure out the steps to achieve a goal. And then two, it could actually do the steps. And I think what a lot of people found with the first implementations is that that first part happened fine. It was a great plan for how you would, you know, go do X, Y, or Z goal but then there was no actual connectivity to actually going and executing. And, and it sounds like Multion's approach to this in some ways is, like you said, walking in the front door of the browser and, and trying to make sure that it can interact with, you know, a thing that we all interact with, which is you know the, the web browser. Definitely.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually interesting. Like For us, like uh, uh, Multion was actually in a very functional state back in February, and uh, we just decided not to release it because one was like around trust and safety. So, like, if you just leads this to, like, a million people, like, things are going to go haywire and, like, how do you control things? Another thing was, like, we tested with some folks and they were, like, just, like, scared. Like, they were very skeptical. Oh, this thing can go and control my computer. Mm-hmm. That uh, doesn't seem right. And so the interesting thing was, like, after AutoGPT, people became more familiar with agents because before that, like, people didn't know what agents were. And so if we talk to someone who is non-technical, they'll be like, just like, oh, what is this thing? Why is it like, taking control of my computer? Uh, what it's doing? But now after all, LGBT people are like, oh yeah, the yeah, agents exist and everything. So we'll say like it helped us like sort of like build this, like sort of like uh, clear out the space where people know, okay, like, okay, what agents are, what can they do? And if you like now, like, sort of like give multi onto to someone, like they understand the capabilities and uh, we can make it into like a trustworthy experience. So it's 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 been an interesting journey because we basically started a lot before AutoGPT, but have been like sort of like just trying to focus a lot on like how can we make it more reliable, make more trustable, put like safety guardrails, and so that's been a, the focus that we have been had for the last three months in terms of like making better and better. And currently we are in this like closed beta where we have currently around hundred beta users. It's mostly like invite only. We are planning to like increase that to like thousand beta users over the next uh, three weeks. And then we have like around 20,000 people on our wait list. So we'll be doing a lot of these launches as we iteratively make it like much more safer and like uh, get all the feedback from like, okay, how are people finding it? How can we improve it as an agent?
0: Amazing. I think maybe at this point it'd be great if you're up for it to do a a quick demo so we can see, you know, how how Multion works. Sure, definitely. So I can ask it something, let's
1: uh, say something like if I say, order a burger uh, from the Mel and Palo Alto using DoorDash, for example. Uh, okay, I'm have to the login. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, the login is one thing we take very seriously because uh, we want to make sure that people don't start misusing it for like like building uh, like uh, bots and like and like spamming people and like doing like crazy things. So here the agent is like sort of thinking on like so it's making a plan on what it should do, and then once that's created the plan, it starts searching. And uh, here, like you can like see what exactly it's doing, and uh, it will like start taking actions. So you can see, like it, uh, it said, like it's clicking on like the first uh, link, and then can like, go and uh, actually like sort of start like ordering the thing.
0: For people who are listening to this, because this will be on a podcast as well, there's basically a, a multi on window in the bottom right hand of the screen that, as it sort of controls the browser, is explaining what's happening. Right. So it says, "I am clicking on the link to DoorDash page for the melt in Palo Alto to proceed." Right. And in this case, like it
1: can actually ask me a question. So it asks me, like, "Do I want the melt burger, or do I want a different one?" And so this is a new feature we've been experiencing, like experimenting with, where we gave it the ability to like, sort of, like, ask clarifying questions to a user present options. Um, so if I say something like, I want the PBQ bacon burger. Yeah, and it's a bit on the slow side today, but usually we can work very real time. And then it's trying to find the burgers. And then can like find it and add it to the cart. And then it can also like automatically do the whole checkout if I ask you to do that. So it went to the checkout screen. Um, I'll probably pause it here, but otherwise it can go and like buy the whole thing for me. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. so I'm actually like, used to having a like, random DoorDash order show up at my house. <laughs> that's amazing.
0: When it's doing this, how much is it asking you to approve at different steps versus just doing it itself?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So we have like two, two modes we built. So one is like a sort of like a step-by-step mode where whenever it does something, it will ask you like, should I do another thing for you? And if you press like a hot key, so in this case, like uh, the right arrow on your keyboard, it will take another step. And so you can like uh, control like the like each step, you can like approve like, okay, like next step, next step, next step. And so that way it's safe, if it does anything wrong, you can like stop it and give it a, another command. The second mode we have is like auto, where it will like go and like do the whole thing. And it's almost like watching a movie or like seeing a video on your screen where like it's interactively doing things. And we have built this like sort of like a pause button. So if you press the space key, whenever, whenever it's running, you can pause the agent. And so it's like almost having a control to a remote where you can say like, okay, like do me this thing. And then you press the play button and it starts doing it. And then you can like press the pause button anytime. And then, or you can like give it a new command and then you can give it like a play again. So it's, it's a very interesting uh, sort of way to control a computer where you can imagine like in the future you might just need like a, something like a Apple, if you've seen like this Apple TV remotes which are like very minimal, just has like a mic button and like a play pause. That's all you need. You, don't, you might not even even need like a keyboard or a mouse in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I can imagine, and I have no idea if, you're, uh, if your tests validate this at all, but I could totally see at the beginning people almost um, using the step version as like kind of personal training wheels or trust training wheels, because it's like, I want to see how this thing works a few times. Because I bet a lot of people, you know, it's not like they've already adapted to a new interaction mode, right? They're they're experimenting with it, and so they'll naturally kind of step through. But I can imagine if you've done something two or three times successfully, then you just auto-post it, you know? Especially once you know that there's sort of a pause button that, you know, if it, if it goes haywire, you can stop it.
1: Definitely, that's what we have seen. We have also have some users that are like, we just got bored and we started playing with multi-on because it was like fun to see what what it's doing. So we've had like a lot of those sort of things. We have also seen people like to vir- virally share videos of, uh, at, uh, like, to their friends. And they're like, oh, like, this computer is going and, like, automating itself. It's almost like a ghost-in-the-shell sort of experience for pe- pe- folks, like, using it for the first time.
0: Do you feel like you guys have a sense? Obviously, you're very early with the test. What are people using it for so far? And how does that compare to what you thought they might use it for?
1: We have seen, like, a lot of people are actually using it for research currently, for fetching information online. We've also seen people using it for, like, social media stuff where... If you ask multi on like go wish happy birthday to my friends on Facebook, it can actually find everyone who has a birthday and like uh, send them a happy birthday message, for example, or it can like uh, find people on LinkedIn and uh, send them a message. So you've seen people like sort of those sort of workflows uh, also around emailing. Another we have seen is like around ordering. So we've seen people like buying like stationery on Amazon or like toilet paper or something, for example, ordering chairs. So th- those are some interesting things you've seen so far um, also. Let me also do this as a demo. So this is maybe interesting. So we also like made a made a bit streamlined for like scheduling. So it's actually very good at like uh, creating like uh, calendar invites, and uh, it can actually automatically include your Zoom link information. So, but yeah, if I want to like say like uh, create a meeting invite, that can automatically go add my meeting details, add my personal like Zoom link, and like sort of like save me like maybe like fifteen to twenty interactions. Especially if you're a power user who's like uh, takes has to like book a lot of meetings or uh, set something up. So let me do this as a demo. So if I say something like uh, book a um, two to three p.m. meeting tomorrow, and uh, in this case, that's me and my co-founder, uh, and say theme sync. So here the agent is thinking, and uh, it will create a plan. So it went to like the Google Calendar, and then can like start filling all the information. So it can like automatically start putting everything. So like edit like the emails, It also a little is adding my Zoom link here and sharing it out and then can like send the whole thing. And then we're also trying to build like a user verification workflow where before it sends something, it can like send you like a notification, like, oh, I created this meeting invite. Do you want uh, like, does it look correct? Do you want to change something, for example? And if you approve it, then can like go and send the actual thing. So if I say like send, um, it will send this meeting.
0: Super cool. Some questions on this. So there are two things that were correct that could easily be not correct that I noticed. One is it went to Google. Is that sort of, is it optimized for assuming that people are going to Google Calendar? And if not, you sort of, how do you change that? And then the second is it it knew your Zoom in advance. So what is that? You know, how, how do, how did a, you as a user sort of interact to teach it that?
1: So we, we have built this like sort of like a memory scratchpad feature where like you can give it like your personal details. So if you like say like, okay, like this is my name, this is my address, stuff like that. And then, like, Milton will actually know all of that and customize it. So, in this case, I've told it what my Zoom link is. I've also given some instructions like, okay, like, um, include my Zoom link in calendar invite. So, I can give it any notes, almost like talking to, like, maybe, like, an assistant where, like, okay, like, these are some do's and don't do's. If I tell it my allergies, for example, or I can tell it, like, okay, like, what seats I like on a flight, like, window versus aisle, then can I like, take that preferences into account and, like, take actions accordingly? So, this is, like, a feature we are starting to build. And so that's how I it knows my Zoom link. In terms of like defaults, I think currently we are hardcoding defaults where like, suppose like it wants to make a calendar invite, we tell Multion by default, you should choose Google Calendar over something else, or like if you want to search for something, choose like Google over like Bing, for example. And so this is like some choices we have made in the future. We can like allow people to customize this. There's also like interesting partnership potentials where like if uh, someone comes to us and we're like, oh, can you make us your default provider for like, say like travel? like for like say Uber, for example, or say, can you make us your default provider for food, for example, which would be like DoorDash, then we could like use that for monetization.
0: Totally. No, can you make the AI breakdown your default source if you're asking a question about breakdown (laughs) news? Uh, No, I I think it makes tons of sense. So this kind of gets to a question that I was going to ask both broadly, but also in the context of, of your product specifically, which is, you know, what is your team's thesis about the future of this sort of AI personal assistance? Do you think that they're going to be super general with people using them for everything, just the same way they would use a personal assistant now? Do you think that they're going to get refined into, you know, you're going to have eight or 10 of these that are sort of, you know, optimized for specific experiences? Is there some combination or is it just too early to tell? I think like, it's, it's going to be a combination. What we've
1: seen is, uh, like, people don't like interacting with 10 different services. So if I've had a choice and if I could just, like, interact with one agent or AI, that could like do like like hundred small things for me in a day, rather than like uh, having an AI that can only do one specific thing. So people really like the second modality more, especially around assistance, because they want something that can reduce the friction and like a lot of their everyday small things. So we have seen like there's like a lot of space where like there's potentially like one general agent that can like help a lot. It doesn't have to be really specialized. So but as long as it's like uh, really helpful and like a lot of like really small things. So we see, like I think that's where like people really want like a uh, AI assistant, and there's also space where you can have very specialized AI agents. Example could be like maybe you want to build like a travel agent. I'm taking a one week trip to Italy. That involves like uh, for a human that might actually take like a uh, one week to plan the whole trip, discuss with the friends, coordinate on the the hotels, call the hotels, schedule like Ubers, flights, everything. So that is easily more than one week to two weeks of planning. And you can imagine if there was a special agent that can just go and do this in like one hour or something. I think there's a space for those sort of special agents. Uh, similar could be true for a lot of like research where like uh, for a lot of complicated like say finance research or legal research, you have to spend a lot of like months like doing all the groundwork, finding everything. And so I think like for a lot of this like complicated specialized jobs, you can have specialized agents. Um, but for like, like I would say like for everyday life, I think uh, you need like some sort of like general agent. Instead of interacting with like 10 different agents, you want to interact with just one.
0: It's fascinating. I mean, I think that the other, the other sort of thing which might add some heft to that theory is you have to think that almost every company is going to experiment with retrofitting how you interact with their service with this sort of interface. And it will almost mean that you don't need to go out and seek specialized agents because they're just going to live in the apps where you already are. So if you use Instacart, you know, I mean, this is Sam Altman has said this about ChatGPT plugins. It's why he thinks that they don't yet have product market fit. He said something to the effect of, I think a lot of these companies that think they want to be in ChatGPT actually want ChatGPT in them, you know, which I I think is is an interesting insight. But that does leave this space for this sort of day in, day out interactions. I think honing in on things that can be done in a browser is a really interesting insight as a way to sort of limit what the focus is while still keeping it really broad. Definitely. Definitely. We also see this as like
1: a, in, in the future, this could become an interesting layer or a platform where we could allow people to build like more like applications on top of multi-on and uh, expose this as like a sort of like action layer where right? if you want to go build like a very powerful agent for some particular use case you can have a, like multi-undu controller browser and do the heavy lifting and uh, sort of like build like experiences around that. So I think that we see that there's a lot of space like that, which uh, a horizontal like uh, agent like ours could uh, enable.
0: Yeah, super, super interesting. So w- what is next for you guys? Well, you know, you're still in, still in a very early beta. You said you're expanding that beta probably over the next three weeks, but you know, what what else is coming up on the horizon?
1: Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, so it's uh, very exciting things. We actually close, uh, closing a big funny round. So- we'll Congrats. Hiring. So that's been great we are actually organizing a hackathon this weekend so we are uh, organizing this like agent hackathon at the aj house in hillsborough and it's almost like uh, everyone in the ai space is there so we have karpathy coming to give the intro talk and uh, so it's gonna be very exciting and we'll be giving everyone who's attending the event um access to multion as well as uh like programmatic control so we will be giving like a api access where you can like so currently if you see like multi you can like a user can go and i like, couldn't like give it commands but we will allow you to like programmatically give it commands, and then you can connect with LangChain. You can connect it with like other things, and then you can like build very powerful applications and use cases uh, for the duration of the hackathon. And uh, so we're trying to see that as an experiment on like what people will do with this sort of like agents that can actually have a lot of purchasing power. For example, can actually like do a lot of interesting things on the on the internet. And so we are also like trying to make sure like the event is safe and like we can moderate it. So, like, people don't start doing, like, uh, malicious things. So, we have already been, like, banking websites, for example, so it can work on them. And we'll be like, it'll be, like, a fun experiment. Uh, but I think it'll also be, like, very different from any other hackathon.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. There is, um, I just today did a part of the show about this idea for a new Turing test that came from uh, Mustafa from DeepMind and Inflection, where he said, the new Turing test should be give an agent or an AI $100,000 and see if it can turn it into a million. So maybe someone will get a head start on that this weekend with the Multi-On Hackathon. Uh, well, I will say it's almost like a superhuman test because uh, if an agent can do that... I know. I I, <laughs> I, 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 know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, listen, Div, I really appreciate you taking some time today. I'm very excited to see what comes to this hackathon. We'll definitely uh, share, share what comes out of that on the story. Yeah, that was great. Thanks a lot for inviting me.